I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. I wrote what I thought was a more boring blog post, but I was really what I was doing was using words and phrases that people were actually typing into Google. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation, episode 29. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We love to hear what you think. For today's episode, we're going to talk about why your blog posts might not be converting and how you actually can start working on that today. But before we get into that, we want to talk about our first order of business, which is what are you drinking today, Jesse? Mm, so it's finally summer. It feels Woo-hoo! like summer as we're recording this. So I'm actually drinking something new. It's this Ooh. White Claw hard tea. So instead of like the seltzer, it's like a hard tea and um, the mango flavor is really good. Um, As you know, George is like obsessed with White Claw. Every time you tell me that, it's shocking to me. It's so funny. He just sits out in the yard drinking White Claws like five o'clock comes around. And so we decided (laughs) to try the hard tea and I really recommend it. Well, we've been enjoying those Lover Boys. Those yeah, I've been are swapping also those in and out. Mm-hmm. Those are really, those are really good. And you know, it's it's like I I have at least one cup of tea every single day. Um, these past couple of days, we've gone through a heat wave. Yeah. Um, past couple of days, and so I've been drinking. I like my mom asked me. She's like, "Would you like a cup of hot tea?" And I was like, "No." Mm-mm. So I've been drinking like the iced teas and everything. But those Lover Boys, I'll tell you. They're it's, so good. The only thing is, like, I, you know, I feel bad about drinking them earlier on in the day. And then when it's later on in the day, I think of the caffeine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the caffeine that's in them. And I was like, oh, and I don't sleep very well to begin with. But hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, they are really good, though. They are really they good. Are, and they're no, easy and to drink. And they're very refreshing, especially yeah, for they, summer. They go down easy. Very easy. Uh, well, now that we've taken care of that order of business, Daniel Gagnon is a search engine optimization specialist and lover of all things content creation. After years of working as a journalist and then marketing manager, Danielle started her own business in 2018. Now she helps female entrepreneurs grow their business through SEO and content marketing. We want to welcome Danielle Gagnon, founder of Elevate Virtual Marketing, to the show. She is also a mom of two young children, so she took time out of her very busy life to share with our audience why their blog posts aren't converting. Danielle, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Now, first off, this is cocktails and content creation. So we must start off with the important part of the business. What are you drinking? Well, this is not very exciting because I'm actually pregnant. So I'm just having a lovely... Yeah. So I'm having half coffee. So it's great. Yeah. (laughs) Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So when are you due? Christmas Day, actually. Oh wow. Yeah. Christmas Day, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Hopefully it's not actually Christmas Day, but (laughs) where are you located? Will you have snow? Yeah, I'm in New Hampshire, but luckily I live like five minutes away from the hospital, so it'll be good. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, yeah. so I, my hospital, the hospital I went to is right next to Fenway Park. 
and I had my daughter in May of 2019 and I ended up having a scheduled C-section. So it was like, all right. But I remember my husband being like, oh my gosh, what if there's a Red Sox game going on? Like, <laughs> we get into the city. And I, just, you know, um, I looked at him and I'm like, I think we have more important things to worry about. Let's like, let's it's just, let's walk through everything step-by-step. Step. So, well, congratulations. It's very exciting to hear. So your life's about to get even busier. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell so us funny. a little bit about what you, you know, your journey and what it is that you do with Elevate Virtual Marketing. Yeah. So I, um, I have a long history working in marketing, I actually started out as a journalist, but after, after a couple of years, um, moved into the communications and marketing world. Um, today I primarily do search engine optimization, working with, uh, female entrepreneurs and bloggers to help their websites get found in organic search by their ideal clients. And really that journey for me started probably back in, I think it was about 2014, I was doing blogging myself, thinking it was going to help me like make the big bucks so I could quit my job. Um, but only my mom was reading it. No one else was reading it. <laughs> Thank goodness for moms though. Right? I know, right? Yeah. She was a consistent fan. Um, but then I had this situation happen where I suddenly had a post go like, I don't want to say viral, but I suddenly had a post that was getting tons of traffic. And I was, I did not know why I was not good at blogging at the time. So I couldn't figure out like what the heck was going on. And once I dug into it, I realized, okay, all of this traffic is coming from Google. I did something here, like accidentally figured something out. Um, and when I realized what I had done was like follow SEO best practices accidentally. I started digging in to SEO um, a ton. I started learning as much as I could about it. And it eventually became my career. I ended up getting a new job working for an e-commerce company where the vast majority of our, our business was coming from organic search. And then when I had my son and I decided I wanted to leave the nine to five, um, I just, it was a natural fit to continue doing this uh, within my own business to help other female business owners. Wow. I love that story because sometimes I wonder who all reads my reads my blog, even though I know people I do. Know. I know. I know people do, but it's just, that's so funny because I have had my mom comment on a couple of my blog posts a while <laughs> back. So now, wait a sec. So in terms of how you follow the, the best SEO practices by mistake, what can you can you share with yeah. us? Do you remember what that was? Yes. So I had this habit back in the day before, before I figured out SEO, I had a habit of like, I was doing food blogging and I would give my recipes like very cutesy, creative names, yep. things that no one would ever search for online. Right. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't, I just wasn't thinking of it in that, in that way at the time. And so they would be like Danielle's spicy pasta or like <laughs> Danielle's special like chocolate covered strawberries or whatever. Um, and then I, I made this recipe for instant pot chicken tikka masala. And I, I remember it was like a very complicated recipe. It took a lot of time to figure it out and to write it all up. And by the time I went to write it, I just had like no creative energy. I just, <laughs> I gave it like what I thought was a very boring title of instant pot chicken tikka masala recipe. And I was just like, I wrote what I thought was a more boring blog post, but I was really what I was doing was using words and phrases that people were actually typing into Google. Um, and so instead of calling it Danielle spicy chicken or whatever, I was calling it by what people wanted, what people searched for. And that 
that was what made the big difference, right? I wasn't trying to be cutesy or creative. Um, and I was able to, as a result, show up in search results because that's what people were looking for. Okay. First of all, I'm going to want that recipe. <laughs> it's a good recipe. It sounds, it sounds, I don't even eat chicken, but it sounds delicious. Yeah. I might substitute it for shrimp if that's possible, but Ooh. it sure would be great. Oh, I love it. That makes so much sense. I think um, many times people, first of all, just don't even know where to begin with SEO, but no. to have it explained in the way where you're like, it's what people are typing in. And mm-hmm. I think if we all kind of keep that in the forefront like what is it that people are typing yes. that's where we want to that's where we want to be absolutely now where did so you you had that kind of mistake experience how have you kind of honed your skills since then in terms of learning SEO best practices? Yeah, I always joke that I got my undergrad degree from the University of New Hampshire and my master's degree from YouTube because I <laughs> <laughs> I just started watching like as many YouTube videos as I could about SEO. Mm-hmm. I found, you know, some SEO experts or gurus, whatever you want to call them. Um, I learned a ton from Neil Patel and Brian Dean. They're both very like oh, famous, yeah. well-known SEO people out there. And I just started like devouring all of their content. Um, I did do a few like paid trainings over the years. Luckily for me, they were paid by my employer at the time. So that was nice for me. Um, (laughs) But I would say the vast majority was really just like watching YouTube videos, reading blogs, um, consuming free content, and then just practicing and testing and figuring out what was what was working. And it's been what that was 2014. So it's been seven years now um, of, of doing that of learning of testing of tweaking and seeing what's working and what's not. And that's one of the things I love about SEO is that it's really something that anyone can learn to do. Um, and like, I could be putting myself out of business saying that but it's true. It's such it's such a valuable skill to have as a business owner. Um, and, and literally anyone can learn it. It takes time and it takes yeah. effort to do it, but anyone can learn it. And there are so many free or inexpensive resources out there to do that. But, you know, you, we talk a lot about the no like, and trust factor. And mm-hmm. I found a lot of times when people, when you say, when you say something like that, like anybody can learn to do it, you know, here's, here's a couple of tips. I feel like people can kind of learn to trust you. And then they actually, you know, while they know, oh yeah, I could do this myself. I feel like they would kind of come to you and say, well, I trust you now. (laughs) Why don't you do it? Yeah. And so many people just don't have time, right? You're running your business. How could you possibly have time to learn all of this and then do all of it also? Well, to your point, yes, you can learn it, but it took you you know, seven years to really perfect it. And so does someone really, you know, there are people that are the DIY people that will Mm -hmm. just take the time to Mm -hmm. do it if they have the time, but otherwise they might start it and realize, oh gosh, this is is way more than I thought it was going to be. And she seems to know what she's doing. So I'm just going to hire her to do it. (laughs) That's the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Danielle, now the you, you go ahead, Jossie. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, so now we've learned a little bit about, um, you know, where you learn it and mm-hmm. what you can, what someone could do to just start learning about it, you know, Google and YouTube and everything. Um, when someone um, realizes that they're not getting traction or if they look at their mm-hmm. analytics or even if they have know how to look at their analytics and not getting traction <laughs> on any of their posts, you know, what are some <laughs> things that, you know, you would immediately start to think about or consider and what would you say to them? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the first thing that I always ask people is who are you trying to reach? Like, who is it that you even want to be reading your content or want to be visiting your site? And a lot of times this, this may sound like an obvious question, but it's actually often at the root of why people are not getting traffic, or even if they are getting traffic, why they're not getting then people booking their services or buying their product or, you know, any, whatever conversions are after. Um, and for basically all aspects of marketing, including search engine optimization, you really, really have to know who you're trying to reach if you want them to find you online, because who those people are, what their problems are, you know, what they need from you, the questions that they have, all of those things impact how they're going to search online and what they're going to be searching for. So it's super, super important that you know this. I like to use an example of a client I worked with um, back in the fall. She was a prenatal chiropractor um, and she was she was getting plenty of clients, but they weren't the type of clients she really wanted to work with. She was getting lots of non-prenatal clients and she really wanted to be getting um, pregnant prenatal clients. Um, and what we realized when we dug into who she was trying to reach is that her ideal clients, a lot of times they didn't actually know that prenatal chiropractor was a thing or that it was a thing that they needed. They just knew like my back hurts, my hips hurt. I don't want to be taking Tylenol all the time. I want to find like Mm -hmm. a natural solution to this pain. And so once we figured that out, we were able to create more content that served those needs and that spoke to those problems. And she has been able to basically get to the point where she's turning away all non prenatal clients. Cause it really, really worked for her to be able to reach those ideal people. That's really interesting. So it was more of, for this particular example, it was more about um, almost bringing the problem to the clients who are seeking help, but they have no idea that they, that that was a solution for them. Exactly. Yeah. I talk a lot about, there was someone I worked with a couple years back who had a really good way of describing it. She would say, there are some people who are, um, who are symptom aware, some people who are problem aware and some people who are solution aware. And the best way to get the most traffic to your website is to create content that serves all of those needs. So in this example, there's people who are like, oh, my back hurts. There's people who are like, my back hurts and clearly something's like off with my balance. Maybe I need to figure that out. And then there's people who know, okay, prenatal chiropractic is what I need. And so creating content that that really can help you reach all of those types of people is going to be the best way to get as much traffic as possible from people who, you know, are your ideal clients. Okay. So I'm going to dive. This is really interesting to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to follow up question on this. So, okay. So let's say you are the person and you know, you're, you're pregnant and your back hurts. And like, so they may go to Google. I'm just trying to translate this to like a Google statement. So they might say like, why does my back hurt so much in <laughs> early trimester or something mm-hmm. like that? Right. And so you knowing that that might be something, maybe that's not what they're Googling, but knowing yeah. what they are Googling, you could then like create a blog post that says like, um, the reason your back may hurt in early trimester or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. And how to, how to treat it or something. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So like one, as an example with this client, one of the things that she we found was that there were lots of people looking for like natural back pain relief in pregnancy or yes, questions about why their back was hurting or like 
at home exercises to help with pregnancy back pain. And, and so creating content around all of those things, even if they're not necessarily at that stage where they're like, oh, I'm going to go to the chiropractor right now, you're able to get in front of them early, be super helpful to them, show that you know what you're talking about by sharing your expertise, and then actually able to down the line, convert some of those people into clients. That's makes so much sense. I love that. Yeah. So are there any other um, things that you would like to point out as like maybe, okay, so if we, we're talking about, you know, knowing like your ideal persona or your ideal client and who that person is, but are there any other things that would prevent um, someone from gaining traction in SEO from their content? Yeah, I think the the second biggest thing um, is once you know who that person is and you have a good idea of what they're going to be searching for or what problems they're going to be researching, you need to take it a step further and do actual keyword research. So for anyone that doesn't know what keyword research means, there are all kinds of different tools out there where you can actually figure out the exact words and phrases that people are typing into Google, how many people are searching for those phrases every month, how competitive they are. So how many other websites are also trying to show up in search results for those phrases. And doing that research is really, really important because we never want to assume that we know exactly what people are searching for, right? We can we can have a good idea because we know who our existing clients are. We can you know dig in and figure out what their problems are, but doing specific keyword research to get the exact words and phrases is really really important. Um, and I have an, another good example about this, and I I like to tell the story because apparently I have a very immature sense of humor. But um, I I had a client bring it on. <laughs> I had a client who was a colon hydrotherapist which for anybody who doesn't know, that's someone who does like enemas and colonics. And she was saying like, I've been working in this field for 20 years. I get lots of word of mouth, but like no visits to my website. And I can't figure out why. And what we determined was that while she was creating all this great content, she, you know, she really knew who her, her audience was. That was not a problem for her, but she was only using the phrase colon hydrotherapy or colon hydrotherapist. And I said to her, you know, the average person has no idea what that means. That's yeah, no. not, that's not a phrase that they're going to type in. And she was a little hesitant at first. Cause that was, you know, that's her official like medical title. She worked hard to, to get to that point. Um, but we ended up, we ended up reaching compromise and we're able to use more common phrases like colon cleanse and colonic and enema. And once we did that, it made a huge impact because that was what people were searching for. And when I was able to do the research and show her like, look, there's like five people searching for colon hydrotherapy and 500 searching for colon cleanses. That was, she was like, okay, yeah, I guess this makes sense. Um, and now she is the number one ranked colon hydrotherapist, um, in New Hampshire on Google. So that it, it worked and it was all just from making like a super simple shift in the language that she was using. That's, I mean, that's incredible. They were able to Good work. Get those, yeah. <laughs> Kudos. They, that, no, that was, a, that was incredible. I mean, to go from not being noticed at all to being the top that's, I mean, that's what we want is we want to get mm -hmm. our sites to that front page of Google and let's face it, you know, it's hard. Mm -hmm. it, well, it's, it seems hard, you know, and we don't even have like, you know, I think of Instagram, how they keep changing up our, the algorithm yes. and everything. Google doesn't even, I mean, they, they have an algorithm, but it's not the same. And it's, right. it, it's, it's a little more 
fair in my point of view. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not Mark, Mark Zuckerberg pulling the strings every yes. day. Like, I want to do this. You know, it's not yeah. like that. Um, you also have a course uh, that teaches small business owners um, about SEO basics without giving obviously away your whole course because people can find out more about that at your website. You know, what are some of those, those basics or can you give us a teaser? Yeah. So we've already kind of talked through some of them a little bit. So I go through five basic steps. Um, So the very first one we haven't talked about yet, which is um, to know where you're at before you're going to do any sort of SEO work. You need to know how, where your website stands now. This is Mm. something that a lot of business owners don't necessarily pay attention to. Um, And so it's super, super important to get that like before picture of your site, before you work on anything. One, because you want to see, you know, how are you doing now? Are there things that are already working well for you? Maybe you're getting more traffic than you realize. Um, And then number two, you need to be able to measure your progress over time. If you're making changes to your site, you want to be able to clearly see, like, are they having the impact um, that I want to have? So I always recommend getting your site set up with Google Analytics and Google Search Console. They're both really awesome um, tools. Google Analytics shows you tons of information about like what people are doing on your site um, and some information about how they're getting there. And then Search Console specifically shows you how your web pages are performing in search results. So, you know, what keywords are they ranking for? What is their rank? Are you on page one or 10? Um, And let's, and both of those tools let you track all of that over time. So they're super, super helpful. Um, So getting that set up before you do anything to your site is really important. Um, Next steps are knowing who you serve, which we already talked about a bunch that doing that keyword research, which we already talked about. And then beyond that, it's really just figuring out or understanding what search bots want is how I describe it. Understanding how the Google algorithm works, how to then take those keywords, take that knowledge that you have about your ideal audience and put it into action on your web pages. Um, so really quick rundown, making sure that whatever keyword you're trying to rank for, whatever phrase um, you want to be showing up for there, you're using it in very key places on your web page. So mm. your title, your within in your very first paragraph of your content, using that phrase multiple times throughout that web page, whether it's a blog post or like a content page on your site, um, using it in your image alt text and your image file names, all of these key places are where search bots look to figure out what a page is all about. And mm-hmm. that's making sure that you're using that keyword in those places is how you're going to be able to then show up um, for those searches. And then the last step that I teach is just going like a step beyond that and figuring out what other content can you create that serves the the ideal clients that you're trying to reach, which goes back to what we were sort of talking about before. Um, Figuring out how to go beyond, like if you're a business owner, how to go beyond just homepage, about page services, contact, and create other content that is really going to, you know, answer common questions, um, talk about, talk through the problems that your client's having and and do all of that. So real quick follow-up. So when you were talking about taking the keywords and putting them into action on your website or mm-hmm. web page, those could be like just single keywords and or phrases, correct? Yeah. And typically they're they're more they're more often end up being phrases because one of the things that I always want to recommend to people is to not be afraid to get specific. So a lot of this is a super common mistake that like 
people, beginner SEO learners make is that Mm -hmm. they go after keywords that are more general because they have a lot more searches. But really going after a more specific keyword, even if fewer people are searching for it every month, is typically a better strategy because one, you're reaching people who want like exactly what you're creating content around. And two, it tends to be a lot less competitive. So for example, um, let's say let's say you were like an e-commerce site and you made wallets for women, right? You would have a much better chance of going after a, a more specific keyword like uh, leather wallets that fit a cell phone, for example, <laughs> than you would just going after a keyword like leather wallet. Because think of how many leather wallets there are in the world. It would be nearly impossible to yes. show up. You'd be competing against Amazon and Etsy and like Macy's and all Apple. of these giant brands. <laughs> yep. And when you can go for a more specific keyword, you're much more likely to show up higher in search results and actually get more traffic in the long run. Um, so that was a very long-winded way of saying, yes, it can be multiple word phrases. <laughs> so like a long, so for people who have some kind of, um, rec- you know, recognize some SEO basis, yeah. long tail keyword. Exactly. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. How, how many words, I mean, how many words can a long tail keyword be? I've always, I've always kind of wondered this. Yeah. So, I mean, technically it could be a ton of words, but I, yeah. do, I usually recommend like three to three to four words usually tends to be like a good amount. Okay. Um, but it, but it really can vary. It really depends on, on what you're going after. I mean, so I've had good success doing like how to blog posts where the keyword is like how to do X, Y, Z thing. And it's a little bit longer, but, um, that can work, that can work really well also. Awesome. I love you, it. So you've given us so much to think about what are, what would you say are like two or three easy ways that a business owner with a blog can start using your tips to start optimizing their website today? Yeah. So um, let's see, I think two primary things. So first of all, I always recommend going in now that you like have SEO in your head, um, go in and look at your site, try to look at it from like an outside perspective. Are you using any words and phrases now that people are actually going to search for online? A lot of times when people first create their websites or are writing blog posts, you're really not doing it with SEO in mind. And you may be surprised by like how not keyword rich (laughs) your website is. I end up working with a lot of local based businesses. So businesses that are serving like a particular town or city. Um, And it is not uncommon at all for me to go into their site and realize like you've only used your town name one time on your entire site. And it was on your contact page because we're all so close to our businesses and we know it really well. And it can be hard sometimes to to write website copy or write blog copy in a way that... um, that, that serves that outside perspective. That's not just like, it makes sense to us, but it's not necessarily helpful. So going in and really trying to look at your site with fresh eyes and see where you might be missing um, some opportunities to use those keywords that people are actually searching for um, is something you can do today. Even if you're not doing that keyword research yet, just sort of see like, where are you now? Are you using any keywords? Mm -hmm. Um, And then number two, I would say, doing that exercise, if you haven't done it yet, doing the exercise of really digging in deep into who you're trying to reach with your content, and then figure out what I like to call like your content gaps. 
what are you missing? What content could you be creating for those Mm -hmm. ideal clients that you don't have yet? Um, So adding blog posts to your site is a really great way to do that, like answering common questions. You can also do like FAQ pages or even just more informational educational pages. If you if a blog sounds like super overwhelming to you, you don't necessarily have to start with a blog right away, but having some other content besides just like the basics about your business is going to be really helpful. I have a client who they have a CBD business and they were like, no, cannot even think about blogging right now. It's not like we don't have the budget to pay for blogging. We don't have the time. So what we did instead was we created just like an educational section with four like core content pages that talked about what CBD is, what are the benefits, why might you use it, what can it help with, all of those common questions that people have. And that has worked super well for them. Those pages get tons of traffic um, from search results and, and they've been able to get traffic that way without having to blog like every week or every month. I think you bring up a really good point because so many people think of SEO as just something to be used on your blog, mm-hmm. but you're totally right. It should be on every single page of your website because you don't want just your blog being seen. You want the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Blogging is an awesome tool and a great way to get more traffic, but your whole website can really do some of that work for you. So, okay. So now let's talk about some of these metrics or results or, you know, what types of results are your clients seeing um, or have you experienced when implementing some of these changes? Obviously, like, I think the end goal is to make more sales or get Mm -hmm. more clients. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have a few people I can tell you about one of my favorite success stories. I worked with a client. She's a pelvic floor physical therapist in Houston, Texas. We worked together right around this time last year is when we started. Um, and she came to me, she was referred to me by someone. And when we started, she said like, I can't even find my business in Google when I type in my business name. Um, so she was starting from like zero. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It wasn't good. Um, so we, you know, completely, you know, optimized her whole site. We did a bunch of copy rewriting. We added a bunch of copy to her site and, um, SEO is a long game. I always like to, to make that clear to people. So after about three months, she was definitely starting to get more traffic, but she still wasn't ranking super high. But after about six months, she emailed me one day and said, oh my God, I just got emails from multiple people saying they found me on Google. And when we you know, dug into her analytics, she was ranking on page one of Google after six months but from going from not showing up anywhere <laughs> on Google to page one of Google, not just when people search for her business name, but when people search for pelvic floor physical therapist in Houston. And she is now the number four organic search result on Google for that keyword phrase, competing against like massive Houston hospital systems and medical systems. And she's a one woman show. So that has been like completely business changing for her. Wow. That's kudos. Kudos. It's mm-hmm. super exciting. Super exciting. That's the stuff that I'm like, ah, this is what makes Yeah. Me and that's what you want. That's what people want, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
I had another client here in New Hampshire. She's an organic lawn care um, company. And she, we started working together about two years ago now. She is now, depending on the phrase you type in, usually number one or number two on Google for organic lawn care companies here in New Hampshire. She's been able to hire another employee. She literally emailed me last spring and was like, can I like take off my contact form on my website because I'm getting way too many inquiries. I can't handle it. We didn't take the contact form off, but, uh, (laughs) it's so like, she's been able to significantly grow as well. And same thing. I mean, it's just like completely transformed her business. She is booked out every single season, super early on in the season. Um, So it can, I mean, it can just have a huge, huge impact. The other client I like to share, and I have some specific numbers on here. We, from 2020 compared to 2019, she was able to increase her organic traffic by 212% year over year. Wow. Um, from 200 or excuse me, 20,000 users in 2019 to more than 62,000 in 2020. Um, and same there, like she's been able to add new members to her team. It's just, it's seriously business changing stuff, which is why I always yeah. it's such a valuable skill to have. Because let's face it, getting people to your website means more sales. Mm -hmm. Well, just having Kate sort of on my team writing my blog posts regularly, um, I now show up pretty high on Google. I believe I'm even number one on certain phrases and Mm -hmm. just the amount of traffic that I've gotten to my website. So I can personally attest to this, Mm -hmm. um, it working, but it definitely took like a good six months to start seeing the improvement. I think when I first started working with Kate, I don't know if you remember. I don't know if I was even showing up. I think I might have been like fourth or fifth page in on something. And Somewhere like that. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm. And we were pretty specific with what we were looking for, too. We were looking, we were really kind of using those long tail keywords because, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about a business that is, I mean, this was before she started her um, branding photographer method business you know, you're talking about a location specific. She's looking for people in this area. Mm -hmm. So we were using that specific term and yeah, it's, it's been, I, I think it's been life-changing Jesse. Yeah, no, I mean, it's great. (laughs) It's great because I, I have noticed and I'll have to run some, some metrics, but I have a question on my contact form. Where did they find me? And Google is definitely becoming more, um, more important. I do. I do like to say when, when when it comes to brand photography and photographers looking to get more clients in the very beginning of your business, it's really important to to do that that real relationship building and networking because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. most of the time Google's not going to cut it for you. Yeah. But at that same time, as you're building those relationships and meeting people, whether it's online networking or in-person networking, you should be working on your SEO in the back in the back end. Because to your point, it takes a little bit. A, a little while to gain traction if you're following some best practices. So yeah. now it's, I still do the networking piece, but it's not the only way I'm getting business. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. And I, I always like to remind people like SEO is not going to replace the other marketing activities that you do for your business. It's never going to be the only way that you get business or market your business. But what I, what I think SEO can do is once you, once you do the work, once you, you know, it takes some time and you start getting that consistent traffic, it gives you like the freedom and the time to figure out those marketing activities 
that really work that you enjoy that are like truly um, valuable to you. And so that you don't have to feel like you have to do all the things all the time. It gives you like some flexibility to figure that out. Some breathing space. Yes. Well, speaking of that, so where can people find you? And if they want to learn more about your services, because you're available to take care of a lot of that stuff for people that they don't like to do. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) So the best place to just like engage with me online is on Instagram. I am uh, Danielle Gagnon underscore SEO. Um, My core like business website is Danielle-Gagnon.com. And then um, if anybody's interested in learning more about SEO, I have Content Cash Machine podcast is my podcast where we talk SEO and other other content related things. And then contentcashmachine.com is uh, the page for my mini course where you can learn more about, you know, what's in that course. What are you going to learn about? It's those five steps we talked about, but in a bunch more detail, of course. <laughs> I love That's it. Awesome. I love it. Um, this has been really, really enlightening. I think mm-hmm. we covered so much ground in the amount that we've chatted and I've I mean, I've learned a lot. And, Me too. Um, Kate, I hope you took some notes so that I we, did. Yeah. <laughs> we continue to build my SEO. Yep. No, yep. this has been this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank yeah, you, Danielle. Thank you. It was so great to be here. Thank you both. Okay, so I love how she broke down some amazing steps on what we can do now. We're big fans of numbers here. Numbers and steps and organizing, you know, how to improve your SEO like right away. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, but also thinking about it from a very holistic approach. So like before you even start thinking about keywords, you really should take a look at your website and see where you're at now to get that snapshot. Like, sure, you want to think about keywords, but before you even do that, your website, but also looking at who you serve, which we've talked a lot about before, like knowing your audience persona or your client Mm -hmm. avatar. So I like her, I guess you could call it like a programmatic approach to figuring out your SEO and what you can do now. I feel like that knowing your audience, we've talked to people in a lot of different professional capabilities and 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 platforms and almost always the one of the first things that they say is know your audience you know when we talked with Courtney about you know you you know figuring out your messaging it was know your audience when we talked with Chelsea about Instagram know your audience mm-hmm. you know it's it's that seems to be one of the most important if not the most important thing to do Right. For your business. Right. I mean, and to Danielle's point, she made the example about, you know, this translates in ways. Okay, so you, you got to know who you're, who you're talking to because you've got to mm-hmm. get inside their head and you have to understand what it is that they're searching for. You mm-hmm. know, they're not searching for colon hydrotherapist. Oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> they're searching for maybe colon cleanse or something yeah. a little more common. And similarly, yep. like in my in my business people sometimes come to me and they will say in their contact form, I, I didn't know what exactly that I wanted, but I've finally figured out that it was, you know, brand photography that I want. So Mm -hmm. that's why we use a lot of different keywords like headshot, portrait, portrait, lifestyle. So things that they may be using Mm -hmm. that can then lead them to brand photography because it it is still fairly new. People don't necessarily know to search for personal brand or branding Mm or. And sometimes you can get so entrenched in your niche that 
it's like, you know, you have, there's, let's face it, there's like branding photography, even though I'm, you know, people are coming more and more aware of it. It's still a very new thing. You're right. People aren't necessarily aware of it. Like when I, I go back to the story a couple of times, I remember when you said in 2018 that you were trying to go into branding photography. Do you want a brand shoot? I was like, um, what is that? What is that? And you're like, well, we, you know, we rent this place and, you know, you just pick outfits and we, we shoot content for your website and different outfits and situations. I know like, even I really didn't oh, like have a great way of, you know, positioning no, the idea, but, but, but people don't. And, and yeah. So uh, the, other, the other thing I really liked that she pointed out is, you know, understanding, um, you know, the, the content gap, you know, um, mm, when trying that was to figure a big out. One. Yeah. And I know you, you, you talk, you, you like that point too. Um, but also understanding that, you know, once you know what that content is or that content gap is, but also creating content that works for you. So let's say you realize that you're not talking a lot about this topic or that topic that your audience is searching for, or wants to learn more about, you don't mm-hmm. have to go right to blog writing. If that is like too intimidating, doing answering those questions or those problems or identifying those solutions in an FAQ or yeah. just a couple of additional pages where, you know, you expand upon it from like an educational standpoint. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a year's worth of blog posts that you need to create. Well, I think it's so easy for people to say, you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to blog all this, you know, every day. You have to to get any kind of traction. And the thing, w- this is another thing that we've kind of heard from a lot of people is that while, it, yes, you need to be putting in the work, you also the reason why you went into this business or whatever business you're working on is because you love it. Hopefully you need to make it work for you. And if, if you don't have the lifestyle for blogging every day and that's not something you want to invest in necessarily by hiring a copywriter, or maybe you don't have the money. Yes. That was a great solution. Something I actually haven't thought of an FAQ page or other pages on your website. Mm -hmm. And then just keeping the, you know, one of the things I know is, Google likes it when you have fresh content. So maybe going in and updating that FAQ page, even just slightly adding an extra question that you know you're getting asked. Why not? Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's that's a fantastic way. Um, and I do. I like that content gap. Mm-hmm. I need to investigate that content gap. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I think it was a great conversation. Certainly gave me a lot more to think about. I supposedly am an, another SEO expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I <love> <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure you join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation, and we'd love it if you leave us a review, like Jesse said at the beginning of the show. Um, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And you can email us at cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at fashionablykateandco. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're a photographer looking to get into the branding photography niche, you can follow me at the Brand Photographer Method. Make sure to tune in next time for another wonderful ep- episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating. Thank you.